Courtney, what is your process for taking characters that are written in the script, which uh, they may not have much description, but then it's your job to kind of visually bring them alive? What's your process for that? Well, I think when you are a designer or a visual person to begin with, when I'm reading, I'm just seeing images. You know, it's just it's just coming to me. And whether ultimately those images end up being completely wrong or dead on, it's just a starting off place. So when you start to read a script, I mean, you know, The Hateful Eight is a very special circumstance because of the way that Quentin writes his scripts. I mean, he writes his scripts in so many ways, like for his crews, because what happens between the dialogue is as good as the dialogue. You know, it's like it opens and it's like in glorious 70 millimeter, you know, you're just there and and you feel like everything you see on like so many scripts that you do turn out to be as amazing or better than what you could imagine them to be. Whereas so many times you read a script and then you see it and you're like, oh, I, but in my head, the one in my head was so good. Well, the one in Quinn's head is obviously going to beat any of ours. So I start to read it, and while I'm reading it, I see images. So whether, you know, it starts to talk about Bob the Mexican, and all of a sudden I'm thinking about Eli Wallach, and, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, or, you know, you're reading something when you hear Lee Van Cleef, you know, was one of the references in the script for Sam Jackson's character, Major Warren. And I'm thinking, Okay, is it Lee Van Cleef in the big gun down? Is it Lee Van Cleef in? So, you you know, I just immediately, I mean, I also came with, uh, specifically on a Western, a wealth of knowledge because my first film I ever designed was a Western, a $400,000 Western called Dead Man's Burden. So I am pretty versed in Western. So it's it's already a language you pull from. I mean, we all know, say, clothes because you get dressed in the morning. So if you read a contemporary movie, you might think, well, that reminds me of that shirt I have, or, you know, oh, that kind of reminds me of that girl I knew in high school, or that character really reminds me of that boss I had that I really didn't like. So I'm always doing that, you know, if whether it's contemporary or period, you know, and then you think about other movies, you know, and you think, oh, that kind of reminds me of, oh, you know, Rebecca, or, you know, whatever it is, depending on the period that you're reading. And then from there, you start to gather the image, the images physically that are in your head. So when I go to interview for The Hateful Eight, I, I mean... I went very over the top, but I, because I was like, I'm getting this job. I researched, you know, had a ton of real images of people in the 1800s, you know, late 1800s when photography started becoming available. The Klondike expeditions expeditions in the early 1900s were all in the snow. So there was some really great imagery there. And then also working with movies. Okay, so what movie reference, because it's Quentin, he wants to hear what movies you're thinking about. So what movies I'm pulling from and then actual furs. And then I, what fur I found that I thought would be cool or what images I found. I worked with the Autry archives to get actual historical pieces that we could revamp or create, recreate. Um, that's John Roos code is actually from there. And um, so then you, you know, you're building what's in your head physically for someone to see. And a lot of times, even if it's totally wrong, it's the start of the conversation and directors are visual people. So getting them the visuals to say, oh, hey, I never thought about that type of hat. That wasn't what I imagined, but maybe let's see it. You know, so working from there to give them something to react to because they don't have the language that we have. They don't, they, like, I did a Terrence Malick movie and, like, he just kept, he was talking with the designer and he just kept saying, like, Jersey, just make everything be in Jersey. And so you have to say, like, what does that mean to him? Is it that it's soft? Is it that it's slinky? You know, what, what is jerk? You know, they have this vocabulary that's like, what, like Quentin, I love, he's always like, this, this 
pounds tooth and I'm like you know that's not you don't know how to do this but it's it's cool to to try and excavate what they're seeing without them having that vocabulary always sure so when you have this visual and you're getting feedback from the director how much do you let the actual the actor also help shape this character and say you know what this doesn't actually feel right or yes this does i mean if they they have of course opinions that we want to honor on a Quentin movie, it's a little different because Quentin is physically in the fittings with you. So a lot of times what happens is you have a meeting with the director and the director's like, I see this character this one way and I see this. And you're like, okay, great. So I pull based on that because they're my boss. And then you get into the fitting room and the actor's like, oh no, I didn't think that this was what I see this as. And so now you're the go-between these two parties. So Quentin, unlike most directors, is in the room because he is the creator, he is the mother of these characters. So if he's giving birth to them, he's gonna be there to watch them take their first step. And that's literally what a fitting is. And um, I think uh, I think Robert De Niro told him a long time ago that he finds his character when he puts on his shoes and Quinn thought, well, why if I wrote that character, why wouldn't I be there when they put on those shoes? And so he's there and, and that really takes out the middleman. So if the actor is like, you know, I don't, but if Quinn's saying that he thinks something is right, they're gonna go along with it, you know. Sure. He 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 really is. He's the or you know he's the orchestrator of all of this. So everyone is pretty receptive to if his opinion. You know, obviously he'd never force an actor in something that felt terribly wrong, but everyone knows it's gonna be right because it's coming from his head. You know. Right. So then, how does he know, and how do you all know that the character's ready? Obviously, when he says, "Well, go, he has it right. in his head." You know, I think so much of the job of working with Quinn is excavating what is that image in, in, in your head. And a lot of times he doesn't necessarily know it until he sees it, but it's sort of the trial and error of, okay, you know, Major Warren was a perfect example because originally, okay, he's been up in the mountains, he's bounty hunting, he, you know, so I had pictured originally that he was a little more of like a wilderness man, you know, a little bit more of a man of, of the wilderness, like, you know, some fur, ankle, tra you know, thing, and, 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 and some handmade stuff, and, and he, he had kind of taken his uniform and turned it into a wilderness, ver you know, version of himself. And um, and then in the end, we kept feeling like, okay, well, that doesn't feel quite right. You know, it just doesn't. And we were trying that, and we tried this other angle, we tried this other angle, and then Quinn had the image of, um, there's a Western called Sartana, it's a spaghetti Western series. And, Sart and we always had said, okay, Lee Van Cleef. So what is Lee Van Cleef? Lee Van Cleef is, a tie and a vest and a brocade vest that fits perfectly and a straight hat and we'd already had the hat and the jacket but it was filling out those pieces and then when we when he thought of that sartana that bright red that bright yellow and we started to pull it together it really it became major warren you know and that was that was different than other characters other characters come very easily bob the mexican on my interview, I went to Chamayo, before my interview, I went to Chamayo, New Mexico, and I picked up the textiles that are, were later to become Bob's vest, um, which are hand-woven textiles from, Chim they're called Chamayan textiles from Chamayo, New Mexico. And I said, could you ever replicate this 10 times? Because we needed 10 of everything. And the weaver was like, maybe, you know, if we modify the design. And, and so, you know, that was, before I even interviewed, that was my vision in my head is like, okay, let's Mexican, I wanted to be Mexican. You know, I wanted to feel that. And um, so, you know, they're not, it's not always that, do I go to the left, do I go right, do we go underground, do we go over the you know, wall to figure it out. Basically, you're excavating the character from the script, wading through a director's vision and an actor's opinion, and um, that's a really exciting process. I think I read about you that you 
are very into the power of manifestation. I think there was like a post-it note that yes. things uh, yes. happen for I, you. I, 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 <laughs> my mom says once I've made up my mind that I want to do something or want something, she's like, well, forget it. Like you're doing it. Because sure. I, I really believe, I mean, obviously I'm here and so grateful to be here because I saw it. You know, I wanted mm -hmm. it. And, um, and when I first read the script, I thought like, this is an amazing opportunity to dive in to this next level of filmmaking, but still have an intimate enough cast to really do the work that I'm excited to do and show off what I'm capable of doing while honoring such a tremendous story. Um, and the thing about Quentin is, you know, the ac actors benefit from the fact that he's not hiring the hottest person with the best resume, with this, with that. He's hiring the right person for a job. So that's how Walt Goggins is Chris Mannix. It wasn't because Walt Goggins is a giant movie star, it's because Walt Goggins is Chris Mannix. And we are all the benefactor, you know, benefactors of this generosity of spirit, of his intuition of knowing that someone is right for something. And that I feel so endlessly grateful for the opportunity to be able to show the world what I'm capable of, you know? Well, keeping with the manifestation, I think you also said that you would love to have a costume that you've designed in a museum yes. or the arc light. So my two like uh -huh. career goals were right, right. like you know my short term, you know, short oh, okay. goals. So like, oh, I just one day I want my I want someone to dress as my character for Halloween because I just thought, oh. wouldn't that be the most amazing thing to be walking around on Halloween and be like, I designed that. And then the other one was to have my costumes in the lobby of the arc light. And now. I think that they will be in the Arclight, but they're also being um, put in the permanent exhibit of the Autry Museum of Western Heritage. Oh, um, And, you know, Sam Jackson's costume. It's Sam, it's, you know, Major Warren and Daisy and, and John Ruth. And it's really exciting. It's also really exciting that Sam's costume will be there because there is not obviously a lot of diversity. It's Western Heritage. So it's like John Wayne and every other amazing, <laughs> Gene Autry, every other amazing white dude that wore a great costume. And it's really cool to be able to say that I helped, you know, design these costumes that it will be there. Any favorite that if you had to choose that one person you're going to see in, on Santa Monica Boulevard next Halloween? Oh, well, gonna... you know, actually, I saw there already was two people that dressed as the costume for Halloween. And it was Daisy, and they did OB with the balls on the hat. They're oh. like tape balls on the hat. And oh, someone took a picture, and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> it's already happened. So um, I think, you know, obviously, the costumes, I, I thought about this a lot, and I'm like, God, I kind of designed complicated costumes for people to try and recreate, but I believe they can do it. Um, so I think Major Warren's would be great, just getting that white and that red and that yellow would be really fun to see. And I think I think it'd be a really fun couple's costume if they did John Ruth and Daisy. I mean, that'd be just great. But good luck finding that buffalo coat, you know? <laughs> right, right. Well, I know you also said that you feel, and I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm saying this the right way, but that anyone with sort of tenacity and, and willpower can get anything done. Yeah. So what would you advise someone maybe coming out of Tisch or even who hasn't gone to college but they would like to somehow get involved? What's their first step? Yeah. How do they move on? Well, I, you know, whenever I meet with people who are interested in getting into costumes, the first thing I always ask is who are your favorite designers? So the first step is knowledge. Know who in your field or who in your aspiring field you want to be. You know, I want to be Colleen Atwood. I want to be Sandy Powell. I, these are women who I've, I do what I do because of their work. And, you know, so you know that and you see that. And then from there, acquiring like the skills. So after you've acquired the knowledge, you know, because whenever you meet people, especially in our fields where we're faceless people, you know, we're 
faceless people. So your name, you're like, oh, Colleen Atwood. What it would it be like to be, you know? And you don't even, when I was younger, I once stood next to her in line in a bathroom and I didn't know it. And it was like my biggest regret of my career was like I didn't talk to her in that moment by the bathroom. And then she called me to work for her for, oh. and I ended up working for her for two years. And um, like years later, and I was like, well, maybe it's okay that I didn't gush at her at a bathroom. But knowing who those people are that you have, that you can see that you want to be, um, and then learning from them, you know. And the reality is, if you approach anyone and you say, I would do anything for you, and I'll do it for free, and I'll do it, you know, save that money to be able to just get in the room with those people. And um, Jacqueline West gave me a really big break. Um, on Water for Elephants by putting me in charge of all the backgrounds of a period circus movie. And um, I feel so grateful, but it was because I was like, I will drive to wherever you are, I will mow your lawn, whatever you need me to do, I will do it. Um, so, you know, know who you want to be and then try and be in a room with them and try and learn from them. Get them coffee. It doesn't matter, you know. No one is going to say no to that type of passion and that type of, you know, endearment. Right. So your mission statement is? My mission statement is, you know, see the prize, you know, see what you want um, and then be smart about it, you know, and be, I always say, you know, be like, I, I used to call the designers guild and I'd say like, hi, um, I just ran into so-and-so and I need their email and I had never even met them because I just wanted to be able to reach out to these people. And even if none of those emails are responded to, even that you've put it into the universe. I always say I've sent thousands of emails into the universe that were never responded to and I'm here because they were responded to in that way. Does that make sense? Excellent. Thank That's you. excellent.